Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Day on all about affordable NFTs. Well, we're talking about the future of NFT trading and how it might be not sailing the open seas. Look at me coming right out with a solid joke. Ah, I am on fire, and it's because we have merged. We have official, we, we're post merge, and the food tastes better, the air smells sweeter, and the milk flows like honey, which flows like wine, which doesn't affect the price at all. Can I just ask? Wow, you have you have lost me already, George. Uh, you, were you up late watching the merge? Watching the merge. I mean, I know that I was up for it. It I was, was looking for something to watch. <laughs> anticlimactic. You know, I did mint one NFT that we talked about. Uh, it was in our last episode, I believe. The uh, the consensus. Um, sorry, what was the name of it again? It's the uh, Regenesis, right? Regenesis. Regenesis. Yeah, yeah. So I got that one. You know, to at least mark that. Yeah, you know, doesn't wasn't much else to do. I was kind of thinking that somebody might drop a collection right at the right at the uh, start, yeah. maybe, and uh, didn't see it. You know, I've seen some some people that have minted new pieces. You know, Coldy, I think, had the third one on Super Rare, but I haven't seen a collection that just dropped. Seemed like an opportune time for a cheap or free mint type of project, but uh, alas, nothing. I mean, I guess I mean, don't I wouldn't look at consensus as like this like huge like relevant nft branding company yeah it's a, a big miss you know the entire you know crypto crypto twitter was up alert and ready for for minting something it was a missed opportunity but maybe we're yeah right? a, a bit a bit of market depression right <laughs> also, right maybe just pure terror about like you know we're all like 99 percent sure this is gonna work right uh, that's true. And, you know, it is good that it just went well. It was uneventful. And I'm much happier that it was uneventful than some major catastrophe. So, you know, the price may be down a bit, uh, you know, the, the, the hours afterward, the, the half day or so afterward. But uh, it isn't zero. So that's good. Yeah. Look, it's still worth something. I think we're, you know, as we drift into the news here, a lot of it is, you know, other things happening during the week. But we had to, like, start with that and we're still waiting for the dust to settle i think there are you know narratives like people are selling the news and i was like you idiots it's not about the news but maybe people thought something was going to happen or an extra proof of work drop magic pennies would be dropped upon them uh looks like it was quiet and that was the goal and this is really a long-term healthy change for a network upon which all of our silly nfts are built upon for the most part that's right. Yeah, we do have a few headlines about the merge, of course, uh, you know, had to get some of these in here. Um, one is that the carbon footprint is down at 99.99% after the merge. Uh, you know, we've talked about how it will reduce the energy consumption. It's, it's, it's that 
that magnitude, 99.9%. So virtually nothing is being used now compared to where it was. So that's going to be a strong narrative for ETH going forward, especially now that it's a big difference compared to the number one cryptocurrency in Bitcoin, that it is still a high energy consumption blockchain. And I think that these could see uh, see different um, narratives take place in, in the future here. It's about code efficiency. The first version is never the most efficient version. The first versions of search engines were brute force, terribly done, unscalable things. The weight of you know notoriously Friendster's uh, database made it unusable because it had so many sort of uh, cross lookups, cross table references that like it just crushed its database. The first version is usually inefficient, and you know it, it took maybe an extra or more years than some people may have thought, but it, it happened. And it's a good note of that, how early we are in this, in this stage, right? That inefficient code base is like the friendster to the Facebook, neither of which I'm a big fan of, but I think it's another note of where we are in that timeline. And that like, frankly, if you're listening to this, you're still incredibly early. And let me just say, roll back the clock. This is the thing you were wishing that you were in when everything was cheap and nobody was paying attention, that is now. Now <laughs> you are you're in that moment now, and if you stick around, I think um, this is a amazing change to the underlying foundation uh, upon which again uh, the NFT game is built, and of course all of like pretty much DeFi is built on as well. Yeah, big change here, um, and you know there are people looking to commemorate this in some way. And I should, I, I, we said there are no big projects, but there were some people that. Uh, minted NFTs on each side of this, on the block, on each side of, uh, of the merge here. The last block on the proof of work uh, chain was minted by a project called Vanity Blocks, which takes over the entire block. So it's the only transaction. So the, the block ended up costing 30.2 ETH plus a 1.3 ETH <laughs> transaction fee. Uh, it's listed on OpenSea. I haven't actually... Good question. What is actually list? Oh, here we go. Chuck into the listing now. Uh, the best offer is actually for 10. Now, uh, there's it's not actually listed. I don't see a listing here. Um, maybe somebody not understanding what a listing means. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look like it's for sale. I would have been surprised if it really was for sale. And then in the on the other side, uh, we had a um, a NFT minted for, let's see, for $60,000, which was 36.8 ETH. So slightly more than the the last proof of work one. Um, I did notice that, you know, while I was watching this gas spiked immediately afterward, there were definitely people trying to make transactions early. In, uh, you know, one of the first blocks, you know, trying to, I'm sure, just even send themselves, uh, you know, send themselves something just to get something in there. Uh, so, yeah, big Big money spent on those last and first blocks here. Yeah, no, no opportunities for anything affordable, but certainly something funny and predictably happening at the, at those moments. Now, we've got a big collector out there. Do you think they might be? See here, we MoMA is entering the digital art space. Do you think they might be looking for some some historical NFTs like this first and last block? Sounds like they are selling some serious artwork here. They're selling oh. Picasso's $70 million worth of art Picasso's, Rousseau, Renoir. Uh, 
notable work, artwork here. And, you know, obviously they, they have a sizable collection. This is not going to affect anything you, <laughs> you see there, but, uh, but it is notable that they're, they're making a change here, trying to collect something new, you know, we'll see what this ends up being. I, you know, there's no word on exactly what, if it's going to be NFTs, even they're saying digital art. So, you know, we'll see what this ends up meaning. I think at the very least, it brings people, I mean, it certainly brings some, some money coming uh, from MoMA, but also it brings a lot of other people following that. That's a huge, I mean, MoMA is the most influential modern art museum in the world, I would say. And it's, it sets the tone for what other museums do, what series collectors do, and that influences what a lot of other people do. So I think this is a really big, uh, big this move is here. This is, this is such a big cultural nod that we might as well just, I'm just going to say it again in a different way. One of the most, if not the most prestigious modern art museums in America, arguably, is certainly America selling Picasso's, Renoir's, Rousseau's, selling those paintings by their own. T- I was like, I had to read this twice because I was like, oh, is, are they just speculating? But they are quoted as saying to expand the museum's digital presence, according to the you know director uh, Glenn Lowry in this Wall Street Journal. Uh, several possibilities they've outlined. Um, so streaming channel, host virtual exhibits, video chats, creators, collaborate with universities, providers online, and more significantly for crypto fans, Momo may, may also purchase its first NFTs. So here's a game. Maybe, hey, let's park this. If you were the Momo, what would you buy? I mean, I mean, if you're looking at NFTs, I think you have to, you know, look at the ones that are of historic value. Some of the ones that were here early, autoglyphs, I think. Would, I was about to say, yeah. go go grab an autoglyph for sure. That's certainly. It's it's annoying, but you got to go get a punk. Um, I, I think you have to collect major icons of the, uh, the art type. So of glitch art, you get an X copy. Uh, right. I think some of the yeah, like, individual oh, art, you know, single one-of-one type pieces um you know i think there's you know we'll 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 see exactly you know how people end up we haven't seen a huge movement towards one-of-ones but i think that that will be something that museums will look at and it's i mean i think it's really one of the the best it art is still one of the best it's a one-of-one bias kind of thing of like why the heck would they go pick up a pfp or like I mean, I think the, I think there's a good chance that they they will end up with a punk, but I also think that there are a lot of pieces that are relatively undervalued that are one of one art pieces. That if we think of this as a real change in how people are creating art, that they can they can create digital art and have the um, have the the token back uh, the token history of this, and we can we can see the provenance of that. I think that means a lot for art collectors. I think it's still one of the best use cases of nfts is just being able to see the ownership and verify that it's real that's a big problem in art still and i i think that that's i, I think like that that will fraudulent art or like things that are like being passed off as picassos and you're like oh they have to yeah absolutely and i think over time that gets you right and over time it gets harder to verify you know there's things that you know they're <laughs> 
there certainly are issues all over the place. And I think that is, I think that's still an underappreciated part in, in when people say, you know, what is the use case of NFTs? I think even just the provenance of this came from the artist, you can see that it was minted and see how many times it's been traded and, and follow it all along until where it is at the current time. Yeah, it's interesting. They also sort of acknowledge their their role as a tastemaker. Um, they use a word I had to Google. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call it tastemaker, though. And they they seem to acknowledge the, like the power that that has. Um, and obviously, like where my head goes is that um, I want to pay attention to anything they collect. I want to see the artists they collect. Guess what? They're going to choose an artist and be like, all right, you're going to grace the hall, the digital halls of the famed MoMA collection. And that means you're getting this sort of like, you get this place in history. Um, yeah, actually, here's this next story may give us some ideas of some things. You know, this is an, so this is a new uh, auction just happened, I believe. I think it's closed now. It was Sotheby's first single owner NFT auction. So this was a collector that goes by Max Stealth uh, on crypto Twitter, on NF or on OpenSea, all that. Um, so this did include pieces by Xcopy, by Pock, who we mentioned in them, Pock, P-A-K. Uh, we've got R-A-C. Um, let's see, we've got... Uh, Hakatao, Trevor Jones, Jose Delbo. And I think, you know, these are some of the artists we, we've mentioned in the past when going over some of the, the big name artists. And, you know, I mm -hmm. think that it's, you know, I, I believe that the, uh, the moment will probably end up with in the same vicinity as, uh, as Sotheby's and um, some of these other high-end auction houses and where they've, in the pieces that they've end up choosing, you know, they've done, Punk auctions in the past, you mentioned them. Uh, I can't recall if an autoglyph has been on there yet, but it's hard to imagine that that wouldn't be included. Um, I should say, if there, there's also non-NFTs. Like they did say that you know, they're collecting digital art. There are, there's digital art from before NFTs. It goes way back, you know. And I think one of the, I mean, going back to what I said, it's harder to prove exactly when it was created, what you know, who did it, and everything. So I think that is possibility i'm sure i don't exactly i don't know a whole lot about uh how digital art is really maintained off of nfts and i'm curious to see what they do invest in but it's uh you know i think we've mentioned some some likely possibilities yeah that's actually a good point and like i'm less like i'm like already looking up like oh the fungible bipoc is down to uh, a one e floor down from like previously it was like like four, so I'm like yeah. Oh, this I believe they ended up going uh, trying to look this up. They went up going for a pretty good price. So uh, those pock pieces did close. Um, I'm gonna try to seed some of these uh, prices here if we can. That was the one that dropped on Nifty um, back in the day, so it may be hard for you to find it because. <laughs> Because Nifty, it's just like, God knows what happened over there. They have their own sort of side chain game going on. Yeah, it's hard to see the prices here. I know that the X copy went for uh, 500,000 um, in this auctions. And I believe that the POC pieces ended up going for 50 and 60,000 
each. So that those actually surprised me a bit just because I haven't heard much from Locke recently and hasn't been the most popular on uh, NFT Twitter recently. But um, wow. that's impressive. Locke on Twitter. I think just the, I don't know a whole lot. I'm not a big follower, but I think it's just kind of a lack of presence um, uh. <laughs> since dropping anything. You know, I don't know what that means. I think that sometimes people maybe expect a little too much uh, interaction, but, you know, I also get it if you spend a lot on a piece and feel <laughs> that the artist just leaves. Not so good. Not so, not such a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of understand it, but like, what do you want to be doing right now? Go work on your next piece. It's great. All right. We've got a couple other uh, more like entertainment type of headlines here. We've got a uh, kingship. This is the, the board ape band. I think it's three board apes and a mutant ape that universal music has put together. They bought these apes. They're putting together a band they are now bringing out some big time uh, writers that have worked with, let's see, they've, I believe, worked with Jay-Z, Bruno Lars, Beyonce. So they're really putting a lot into this. And I can see, I mean, I can see why. If this is a popular band and Universal owns the band, that's huge for them. They don't have to pay. I mean, they're not just, they're not paying any royalties out to the band. They're not, they're taking it all and they own that. That's, that's big difference maker and sort of a what the gorillas band has been in the past but with no music no actual musicians known behind this it'll just be pseudonymous apes playing these uh playing as a band so it's interesting i'm, I'm very curious to see where this goes yeah i you know it kind of also touches into the sort of disintermediate the disintermediation of the artist from the art and it's you know in some ways uh, a little scary right you're gonna have ai generated lyrics with ai generated beats that are based on prior top pop crap and frankly you'll end up listening mixing it into spotify and they'll be making money and like guess what uh, there's no risk of you know uh suddenly Kanye declaring war against you like you're Adidas. Like, there's no artist there. It's just, all right, come in, we're going to pay you to collaborate under this umbrella. And like, frankly, a lot of top artists end up having their songs written by other people. And then they perform them <laughs> because they have the reputation brand. And so uh, this, uh, yeah, has tremendous potential. The The big risk is that the underlying asset, board apes, uh, are all in one boat in the sense that it only takes one jerk to really do something truly brand ruining with one of these apes to make you realize like the whole thing is uh, a house of cards with regard to brand, brand integrity. Maybe that splinters over time and each one can become its own thing, but that's uh, not the way I see it. Uh, and just to play this out, what is in my mind is that, uh, you know, the NRA grabs an ape, straps an AR rifle on it and puts it on every billboard across the country. There you go. Okay. How many people are really going to be like, oh, cool. You have an ape? Okay. Uh, it's um, it's a risk, but interesting. All right. Yeah. Somehow we get to the NRA there, but I, got, <laughs> I get your point. <laughs> I got your point. <laughs> um, 
Ah, so this is interesting. We've heard that Jim Carrey was had produced an NFT. He released one on uh, Super Rare recently. Um, but he actually released a collection called Germinations under an alias String Bean. And uh, he did that back in May, just recently announced that it was actually him. So I, I find that interesting. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, he was obviously trying to play with how much does the, the name behind it matter. Um, as I see it, there are, um, let's see, there are three collectors. It, it, the String Bean collection is it's five pieces of art. And it does actually, you can kind of see how it looks like his, his super rare piece. Um, definitely the same style in that way. So there's five pieces they sold for between point, uh, 0.27 and 0.55 E. Um, so unclear, you know, if the, the people knew it at all at the time, uh, there's no quote on that, but I do find that, that interesting that someone can do that and then come out later and say that it was them. Yeah. None of them are for sale right now, as far as I can see. Right. Right. Yeah. I see that ranking nines and artist has one of them. Yeah. It's just three or three people to have these. One of these, it's the only thing they own. Let's see, Cosmore, Cosmosiris, Iris Nevins does have a few other people, I mean, a few other pieces in the, the wallet, um, but none of these have actually been sold secondary, so they're all just original auctions from what I see here. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You're like, oh, gosh, diamond in the rough. Maybe I'm the one lucky one who finds that. Like, that's a... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's... Other artists have done this in the past. I believe uh, Xcopy actually did this with the Tezos piece way back. Um, and it was, you know, you can see the style. Um, I'm not sure. This would be hard to know because he hadn't actually released his piece on Super Rare yet. So you really have no idea. It's really just a matter of, yeah, did you like the piece or not? So, you know, I do find that interesting of playing with different models like that. Oh, and then, all right, next headline here. Speaking of models, I, I, Rantum's mental model for analyzing blockchain data. I had to mention this one. I was recently on the Levy chain. The, the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Levy chain is the, it goes by, but it's the Mint podcast. I um, was really happy to be on that one discussing some NFT blockchain data. So if you are tired of listening to me, listening to me on this one, you know, go give that a listen. Uh, it's a good podcast anyway. And he does a really good job on that podcast. So uh, give it a shout or give it a shot if you're looking for more NFT content. Nice. Congrats. It's got nine hearts dropped on September 13th. Give it an extra heart right now. Boom. Heart. <laughs> Woo. Double digits. <laughs> uh, all right. And one last headline here, OpenSea partnered with Curio Tools, IC Tools, and Proof Collective, interesting, to release Open Rarity. This is a tool that is kind of standardizing the rarity of NFTs. Um, so I've been playing around with this actually using the, I believe, Rarity Tools method um, that's discussed in a, in a Medium article. Um, so I'm curious to see that if it is the same as this, I believe it is. Um, so, you know, I think it is kind of good to get a standardization down for this in general, uh, I, I guess, um, you know, at the same time, if we're, if we're thinking that they're all not fungible, are we really just ranking them one to 10,000? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, looks like it. they're collaborating with Curio, IC Tools, OpenSea, and, you know, Proof. I like the open source approach. Makes sense. I wonder if it's a competitor to, like, things like Rarity Snipe. Uh, like, Trade Sniper, Rarity Sniper, or, like, like tons of... Yeah, what I do find interesting, I believe these are all... I know IC Tools is a paid thing. Proof Collective, obviously, um, very much paid <laughs> uh, to be a member of that. Um, so I don't know how open it is in that sense, but I don't know. There's, you know, there's not a whole, there's some variation in these. I don't think it's that controversial how they end up doing it. But if you want to check it out, go, we've got a link in the notes here at the, uh, the bottom of the news. All right. Well, we don't have an affordable project. We looked and frankly, we're still in a wait and see post merge about what is sort of going on in the market. Also, uh, trying not to fight the Fed, we're, you know, well aware that uh, more market pain might be ahead. And so we're like questioning whether it makes sense to be like trading ETH for NFTs right now, unless there are, you know, on our shopping list, numbers that drop to a point where I have it. So I would say just in terms of like what I'm looking at is just sort of defining what those thre thresholds are of, of value. So like, you know, uh, one for me that like the the Nike dunks, I'm like saying like, okay, for the Nike dunk Genesis, if it drops to like a real low level, like to inside like 0.5 right now, if it's down to like 0.3. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get that. Uh, one thing like that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not I've got a few that I'm now. looking at if something really drops, but yeah, it's, it's uh, not the greatest market out there, is it? No. Uh, but Frankly, that's where, again, you find deals, but you can also just like catch a, catch a falling knife as I've been uh, want to do. I will say, I'm, I think I grinded out another uh, $35 on that. You know, it's happening over there. Sweet. Nice. <laughs> I like it, Zed. Uh, it was your, it was your foray into NFTs and it's, it's the one that keeps you, keeps you going, huh? You know, it was my foray in. I think I went a little too hard too early, but I'll, you know, that thing is still around. How about that? And of all the other games, there's like, I don't know, like, Lindy. Favorite, like still around. Yeah, it's very Lindy. <laughs> oh, God. All righty. Um, so the future of NFT trading is not on OpenSea. It was the first, it was the biggest, but do you want to pull this thread a little bit more and explain? how you see it changing going forward and maybe how far out the future means to you in this statement. Yeah. I think, well, I think we're, we're seeing some big shifts already. We've seen X2, Y2. Uh, we've actually got a chart here of the market share um, of, of um, trading volumes. We've got actually X2, Y2 surpassing OpenSea in, uh, in June. And it's been like that since, uh, since then um, this chart goes through August, and this is from CoinGecko talking about the market share of NFT marketplaces. Um, I know that there's, so I was actually surprised. I've been looking at some some uh, listing data and uh, was surprised to see that there's over 26 different mar active marketplaces getting listings. There's new, new specialized marketplaces popping up, and I think we're going to continue to see this happen. You know, one of the one of the the biggest features of of the Ethereum network is that they don't have to be siloed within specific uh, 
the specific networks. And right now, a lot of listings are when you list a when you list an item on on OpenSea, it's only on OpenSea's uh, database. Now they do have an API, so it gets out to to aggregators and others. But if you go list on X2, Y2, it's not going to end up on OpenSea. Um, so it's not always a compatible two-way uh, street when you're doing this. And so I think that that part will start to change. We're going to see a lot more specialty marketplaces. Um, you know, we've seen that things like uh, Ethereum addresses, ENS names, I'm sorry, um, need kind of different filters than, than many NFTs. And we're going to continue to see that. I also think that we're going to see that different apps pop up, different dApps. I mean, really apps on your phone that are using nfts and you're getting them in there you're trading them within a the marketplace there uh, there's different games where you're certainly doing that already and i think that will continue to happen here i mean 26 marketplaces i think will end up sounding uh, quite quaint at some point you know when we have hundreds if not thousands of different places to be to be doing the trading and you know it's going to be it's not going to all be on OpenSea. Um, you know, that, that's been a, a good run. And I think that they, you know, they're even shifting. You've seen a, we didn't mention it, but they have uh, adjusted their, their uh, homepage recently. Um, so maybe we can get into that another time. But, you know, I don't know. How do you see this happening or playing out, George? Uh, you know, it's sort of a race to zero. It's a commoditized market because you're not truly adding value. You're listing shit. So what does that mean? NFT aggregators like Genie and things like Gem that allow you to like scan a bunch of stuff and search based on price for what you want to buy suddenly brings you out into the commoditized market game, which is just a fancy way of saying who's selling this thing for the cheapest. And when you do that, you're just looking at the fees, right? Because you're not using their filtering. You're not using their whatever cool wallet visualization. Yes, you're just saying, look, how much of a cut are you going to take for, frankly, the same PFP type project that someone may have listed, cross-listed on these places? And when you break it down, X2, Y2 has got a sale fee of 0.5%. Magic Eden is 2%. Looks Raiders is 2%. OpenSea is 2.5%. Okay, so if I'm looking at the same, you know, Nike, uh, the Nike Genesis kick that I want, and I see like, oh, looks like it's listed both at OpenSea but it's 2% cheaper on X2Y2. Like, yeah, I'm going to go with the cheaper thing. It's a race to zero in some respects. And X2Y2 is just willing to like take that haircut and grab that market share over them. Um, you know, I, I, I think it, it seems like that's, that's where it's going. And you even said this. You said this a while back when we were talking and playing with tools like Genie. You're like, oh, wow, this is exactly what's going to happen. If you're like, Looking across like price comparison, even like the floor, you're like, oh, all right, who's like list like these? There are multiple floors now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's that's tough to know as a collector. Where's the best place to go buy? Um, you know, I mentioned that I've been playing with some some of the data, looking at listings from different um, from different marketplaces, twenty six marketplaces. Obviously, you can't go check twenty six marketplaces as a collector. So I think aggregators will play a role in this. Um, you know, but I think it's also you know, I think we're going to see different, you're going to have to look at tools. You know, I've been I'm trying to work on a new dashboard, don't have it ready yet, but we'll have some uh, multiple listings. So we'll have some more news on that when that's ready. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the number that we, I think there's going to be a lot of specialty apps that really play to whether it's single collections or, or groups of collections. I think these will continue to pop up and 
some are going to be better for uh, for specific they're just they're going to fit the collection better I, I i would say and yeah there is price to this but at times if you're looking for something specific if you're looking for a a four digit uh, ens name and someone's got a great way to filter these and um you know open i think OpenSea has now improved i think i mentioned that OpenSea has improved that but it's not you know they can't make it fit everything that's that's they could yes you could transact on there they can have an api but i don't think that that will be the primary marketplaces marketplace for a lot of uh a lot of new collections yeah so getting back to it like would you go to gem to just like find a floor do i not understand how that marketplace works yeah absolutely you can you can still find you can definitely find it they're pulling in so i believe they have listings from x2y2 from mm -hmm. uh, OpenSea, from looks rare um you know i think the issue is when we start introducing all sorts of others um you know i think we see things like archipelago um dot art that's one that's for generative art um, what is the, uh, yeah, the ENS, um, marketplace that I, um, that I mentioned, I'm trying to find a link for that. I'll have to find that later. Not seeing it right now. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's the issue is when these continue to pop up and because we're playing with this Ethereum network where anybody can build on top of the same the same database, you know, it's, it, it's, it makes it easy for new apps to spin up and, and create these, these places for people to trade, you know, whether they're trading or being given or just buying it. You know, I think there's, we've talked about how there's a great possibility for people to, to interact with NFTs without necessarily knowing they're interacting with NFTs when the, when they're just using an app and, and a lot of this tech part is pushed to the back end. you know, that's, that's still going to be on chain and it's going to be visible other places, but people aren't necessarily going to think, well, should I go do something with this on OpenSea? You know, they're going to go back to their app that they, they first got the, the NFT in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's important to, to revisit that. You know, we did, we did that tips for tips for beginners, but finding the floor, I feel like is a, is a good it's a good reminder. I am guilty of this too. I'm like looking and realizing that there's a difference of easily 0.05 on a lot of OpenSea versus rest of the market listings. Of course, you got to be careful. Oh, is it God. something that's been flagged? You know, I mean, that's the other issue. Is it? Is it's it? It's been flagged. On is it right? Is it uh, being sold on the black market, <laughs> so to speak? Yeah, it's on a dark market list. You obviously have to check how it presents in um in OpenSea. Because of course you can look at any NFT through that lens, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess, you know, if some of these other marketplaces take over, but you know, when when OpenSea uh, it's it, it we'll see how that plays out. If OpenSea is it continues to sort of command the premium because they can delist tokens. That's where most people will choose to list, I would think. Yeah. Well, I think the, um, I didn't realize it inverted. Um, it had, had um, surpassed, I should say, OpenSea in volume. That's a, that's a hard thing to reverse. And like, yeah. Right. So what do you think? Do you think we've seen the end of OpenSea 
as the volume leader? Do you think they ever come back? I don't think so. I don't think so. You can't, I mean, the assumption that I have put forward basically is that this is a, a war on fees. <laughs> guess what? People don't like being ripped off. Ta-da! And guess what? When you give like no equity whatsoever back to the shareholders, there's no semblance of loyalty whatsoever, even a tiny little bit, because you have maximized value for the shareholders with a capital S, not the actual shareholders, the users of the platform. So those right. combined, wow, this is, uh, I hadn't realized it. This is, this is a big moment that happened back in, uh, back in June. I thought it was like a one time, like somebody was like, I don't know, just like juicing volume for, you know, the, the Mebit game on Luxrare, right? Like people like, yeah. I and mean, we should say, you know, a lot of this is, these are listings that came from OpenSea. They're being sold. The final source of the sale is from X2Y2 often, um, you know, used for an aggregator as well. So, or Eastern, an aggregator, but also a tool for buying listings. Um, they have a couple of different ways that they enable those purchases, but that's, that's exactly the point. You know, you can buy from multiple places with multiple listing sources from one source in the end or even one tool. There's just going to be more of these, I think. I mean, it's hard to imagine that we've seen the end of these, the volume wars here. I doubt that in a year, X2, Y2 is the volume leader. It's hard to imagine that even in in six months, it has that there's not a shakeup among volume leaders. Yeah. It does seem, though, that there there ends up being like one main leader at some point but right now it's like i don't understand why anyone wouldn't would start with gem first maybe that's like i'm gonna reframe and like that's where i'm always gonna start now i'm just like let me look at everything real quick <laughs> before i go exploring and then price shop so you know yeah it ends up being like the the roll up and it's just mm. if they're not taking a fee why would i move to something else if their their tech works Your dashboard sounds like it's a big, big lift. You're trying to pull in like all those different APIs to, to sort of- No, actually using a tool that I don't have to do all that makes that a whole lot easier. So hopefully still working out some some bugs with that, but hopefully um, can get that going soon. I'll share that when ready. Uh, but yeah, I think it's definitely worth looking at that gem, at Genie, different places when you are making a sale, um, you know, be careful too with- with those tokens and how they're how they're flagged or if they are flagged yeah for sure we've we, we've made a point of that enough times i think <laughs> um but really quickly the OpenSea homepage now is no longer doing the uh the sort of like single featured clearly pump and dump internal freaking trading bs i'm telling you how i really feel about it with uh, top and trending pieces. They're trying to make themselves more of like, I guess that high level marketplace rather than a curation home. Is that kind of what you see here? It certainly seems like it. I mean, they've still got, or they've got their, their rankings, um, I guess more prominent now. Um, hopefully they're, they've got filters in place to, to take out any of the, the projects that are gaming, um, gaining those numbers a bit uh i've certainly seen people 
or collections get together to, to game them in the past, but um, you know, they've only they've got a limited number. So I don't know. We'll see. It seems they're they're trying to shake something up and get some more uh, different attention, I guess, or different uh, <laughs> different engagement from that homepage. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing an interesting job here. They're basically doing a larger job of curation because they have this like browse by category and then they have this sort of implicit, I mean, no, I have an explicit sort of favoritism um, on these various pages where you go into like something like sports and you see the very first thing is like Vayner Sports Pass. That might not have been, I mean, I am an older of it. I'm delighted to see it there, but it, it seems like there is a, all right, this is not based on volume. This is based on, who knows who it's based on perception it's based on uh you know an editorial lie um, which is interesting yeah i mean it's hard to say what is i mean there's always going to be some editorial editorial um input to this so what what is the right answer here well i think they first solve it with top and trending which is based it's a quantitative it's a quantitative look at what's going on and then they have like a qualitative look i guess um inside of categories that are that are automatically tagged right you are a music your trading card your utility your photography and kind of goes from there i'm surprised i don't list coinbase uh coinbase is uh <laughs> nft marketplace I feel like they've made a sale in the last week. <laughs> it's still active. Coinbase NFT. And go see if it's alive. Yeah, right. Who knows? Uh, what they spent on that six hundred million or something? <laughs> oh man, the, we were the worst NFT Paris. investment. We were yeah, that's so hard, and we were so wrong. I think that's what it sort of informed me. Like, you know, what's probably going to happen? Not much. Yeah, it's been a lot of uh, sell the news since then, hasn't it? That's the that's the narrative. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Coinbase, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's still there. It still loads. The site still loads. In case you were wondering. It has probably doubled their weekly traffic. All right, we're good on this topic. You good? Yeah, I think so. If you're still listening, thank you. You know, hop in our Discord, leave a review, and really thanks for listening this far. Thanks. You did it. Leave us a review if you've done this far. All right. Take care. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.